Harrison Butker made the longest field goal in Super Bowl history, a 57-yarder. Jake Moody set the record earlier in the game with a 55-yarder. So we saw the longest field goals in Super Bowl history. Far more surprising that Jake made it. Yes, absolutely. Butker could have his could have gone from 60 something. Do you know how um, absurd kickers have gotten? In that Moody made a 55-yarder. It was announced as the longest in Super Bowl history, and I was like, really? Yeah, I don't. I just yeah. was like, fifty-five is yeah. not yeah. crazy. Like, right. I but you know, kickers haven't been hitting from fifty with this regularity in a I long time. That, that was the longest in the history yeah. of the game. But you know, we go back twenty years, making a fifty-yarder wasn't uh, as commonplace right. as it is now. Hell, a team's probably punt in both of those situations twenty years ago. Right. Fourth down, and uh, you're like at the forty-yard line. Yeah, we got to punt this one away. Pin them deep. But now we got kickers making it. Uh, but we saw the two long sun. I actually do feel a little bit bad for Jake Moody because he broke a record and then immediately yeah. <laughs> had it taken away. So he's like, "Damn, guys, I could have, I could have done something here." But uh, Harrison Butker broke his record uh, a couple quarters later. Great question, thank you. All right, we are stepping aside from the Super Bowl for a little bit. Don't worry, we're going to get back into it not too much later in the show. But Morgan Riley of the Maple Leafs hit Ridley Gregg in the head for scoring an empty net goal. Uh, Ottawa was up 4-3 on Toronto, final seconds. Ridley Gregg got a breakaway with an empty net. He scored by taking a slap shot. Morgan Riley chased him down and hit him in the head. Against the boards. Started a brawl, basically, to end that game uh, between Ottawa and Toronto. Morgan Riley has a hearing with the uh, Department of Player Safety uh, sometime this week which means he could get six games or more for a suspension. Morgan Riley should be suspended for the rest yeah, of the season. That was that was ridiculous. Who cares how he scores the empty yep. net? Or who the, cares? He was mad that Ridley Gregg took, took a slap, slap shot, shot into an empty net. Instead of just kind of guiding it in. Is there a certain miles per hour that is acceptable to score an empty net goal? Uh, apparently not in his mind. Because if Ridley Gregg had taken a wrist shot, if Ridley Gregg had just sort of passed well, it into the net, and just kind of guided it in, Morgan Riley no, he isn't have, mad about no, it, but no. he's mad because Ridley decided to take a slap right. shot to have a little emphasis behind right, it, right, and went and hits him in that. He should be suspended yeah. for the rest of the season. I don't like the NHL has this problem where players think they need to police fake rules. They need to police the politeness of the game. And the way they police it is by trying to hit their opponent in the head. Right. You should be done for the entire season. It's one thing. This to wasn't shoulder to shoulder. Right. It's one thing to hit a guy in the head while you're playing the sport. When, you know, you're trying to check a guy, you're trying to take him off the puck or something like that. That's at least in the game. That's at least, okay, you misjudged it or whatever. It's Tried a physical to go shoulder game. to shoulder and it right. went to head to head. It's at least you're playing the game. Right. This has nothing to do with playing the game. Right. And this is the type of thing that you should be suspended for an entire season because it's ridiculous that you have a yeah. sport where it's okay to go and hit somebody in, in the, the head. head. And he hunted him out. Yes, after the play is over because he took a slap shot. He's going to end up getting like seven or eight games, and it's going to be a significant suspension because that is significant based on what the NHL does, but it's not. In reality to what he did, that's not significant at all. That's a great, great question. Shea Theodore returned to practice. Red jersey. For the Golden Knights. Uh, Red, no contact jersey. His last game was November 22nd. Fun fact, Ed. 
Shea Theodore is tied for the team lead among defensemen in goals with four. And he's played 20 games. He's played 20 of their 52 games this season. Did you see uh, Kittle's response after the game last night when they said, are you hurt? No. Kittle? Yeah. What did he say? He said, to my hockey friends, it's an upper body injury. Ah, look at George yeah, Kittle. He's paying attention. Good. Exactly. He's paying attention. Yeah. Good for George Kittle. That was pretty funny. So we could see Shea Theodore back soon. The Golden Knights, by the way, they play tonight against the Minnesota so. Wild. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I saw Theodore in the red no contact jersey. I didn't see a single update from Golden Knights practice yesterday. I don't even know if anybody went to it yesterday. So I could not tell you what Shea Theodore was in yesterday. I'm assuming if he was in red no contact on Saturday, he's not going to be playing right. today. Yeah, right. But since he's back on the ice in practice, I'd assume he'll be back within a week, a week or something week. like that. And again, he hasn't played since November 22nd. He's been out for a very long time. Be nice for the Golden Knights to get him back and a defenseman who might actually score some goals because, again, he's tied for the team lead among defensemen with four goals, and he's only played 20 of the 52 games. Next question. The Lady Rebels beat Fresno State 63-49 to on Saturday. The Lady Rebels are now 20-2. They are 10-1 in the Mountain West. Wyoming, by the way, picked up another loss, so they're two back in the loss column of the Lady Rebels. Uh, UNLV is 33 in net, so beating Fresno State by 14 on the road, even though Fresno State's not any good, winning by 14 on the road does help the net. Uh, or at least makes it to where it doesn't fall. Next game is against Colorado State, who is only 6-6 six and six in the Mountain West. Does not have a good Mountain West record, but Colorado State has the second-best net ranking in the conference. They're on their way, man. They're on their way to 17-1. and one. Seven more conference games. Yep. Um, if they get to 17-1 and one in conference play, I'd assume they're in the NCAA tournament no matter what happens. Make them 27-2. In the Mountain West tournament. Um, even if they maybe lose one more, they're probably good to go as an at-large no matter what happens. Uh, and I, I'd i be surprised if they lost. Honestly, I think one the over-under should be like one and a half for losses the rest of the, the Including season. the conference tournament. Including the tournament. I think one and a half is probably the number. Do we test it by having Lindy LaRock on? Uh, kind of yeah, got to I mean, have her on right before the yeah. tournament. I think that's right? when we do right before the Mountain West tournament. Right. Bring her on and see how and see how they do. Because yeah, it'd be better if they lost. But yeah, that's well, that's we why do. we have her on right before the last game of the regular season. Well, no, no. Here's the thing: before the tournament, because if they're the one seed, they'll get to play the eight nine in the eight, first round. Winner. Yeah, that that team's terrible. They're gonna win that game. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah that's when we do it. Although New Mexico is the team that beat them, and they might be in that eight nine game. Next question. Caitlin Clark did not set the NCAA scoring record. She is eight points away from breaking Kelsey Plum's record for most uh, points in a career. She and number two Iowa lost to Nebraska on Sunday. Clark and Iowa entered the fourth quarter up by 14. Clark did not score in the fourth quarter, and Nebraska came back to beat Iowa. Did you see Kelsey Plum's congratulatory tweet? Yes, early. She said it early. Come on, Plum. Yeah, and then she had to, she had to quote tweet it saying, oh, wait, one more game. Yes, early. come on, Kelsey Plum. Who's telling her she broke yeah, the record? Exactly. Uh, by the way, not losing the game, but pro move by Caitlin Clark to not break the record on Sunday. Caitlin Clark, their next game is Thursday at home against Michigan. If Super she, Bowl will be over. If she breaks focusing. that record Sunday, one, she does it on the road because they were at Nebraska. 
Two, she does it like three hours before the Super Bowl right. kicks off. Like, yeah, there'll be some, hey, look at Caitlin Clark, but then it's the Super Bowl. She's going to do this on Thursday at home. Football season's over. Caitlin Clark's getting Friday yeah, morning. She's exactly. getting like legitimate publicity. publicity. I know you don't want to lose the game, but good job not breaking the record on Sunday. Man, you know, that's a great question. Former Mets general manager Billy Epler was suspended for the 2024 season because the Mets were putting players on the injured list that weren't actually hurt. <laughs> uh, this was to create open roster spots. The Mets are accused of doing this with at least a dozen players. They supposedly sent fake documents for fake injuries to Major League Baseball to justify putting players on the IL. So now we know why he resigned? Yeah, he resigned in October. They were already investigating this. Uh, but yes, this would seem to be a big uh, part <laughs> of that. I am... Okay. Here's the, here's the cynical part of me. I am under the assumption every single sports team abuses or misuses the injured list. If you can create an open roster spot or if you can hide a guy's salary cap hit or whatever it is, I'm guessing most teams will put a player on the IL even if that guy's not necessarily completely hurt. We just saw it with Ryan Reeves was on the IR for the Maple Leafs and he was saying, I'm healthy, I can play. Yeah, they just didn't want him. Did the Mets get caught because they sent in fake documents? I think they did it with too many players. Oh, is that what it is? They did I it mean, with I over think they a dozen. They did it with a dozen players. Right. Finally, finally, someone said, "Wait a minute! How can all these guys be hurt?" They didn't do it. And so maybe other teams do it like one or two guys right. a year, and the Mets were like, "All right, we've got fifteen guys who are hurt." Like that's the part. Because again, I maybe I'm being too cynical, but I would expect most teams would sort of abuse the sort of injured list situation if they can create a roster spot for a guy that maybe you don't want to play very much because right. he's old and not that good like Ryan Reeves. But but the Mets got in trouble for it, or Billy Epler got in trouble for it. And you're right, maybe it's the number. And I'm, I'm curious, like, fake documents, what does that mean? Did they have, like, a fake doctor sign off on, like, a fake x-ray? Say, yep, broken wrist. Some kind of clubhouse attendant. Jimmy, come here. Oh, sign this, man. Sign this and perform here. The poor clubhouse attendant. He's like, what am I signing? <laughs> exactly. What's, who's doctor, Jimmy? <laughs> I'm out. Chip Kelly took the offensive coordinator job at Ohio State. He left the head coaching spot at UCLA. Um, he had been there for six seasons. They're 35 and 34, uh, so not exactly good, though not a complete dumpster fire. What happened here? Did he see the writing on the wall that he had one more year he was going to get fired, or... Was it a situation now we're seeing these college coaches fed up with NIL as the head coach and they just want to move on? Now, some of those guys went to the NFL. Right. I've, so they didn't go laterally college to a lesser position. Right. I feel like if, if the idea was I got to get away from NIL, you wouldn't take the offensive coordinator job at Ohio State because, sure, you're not the head coach, but all the assistants are still dealing with NIL. Right. Like you're still recruiting, right? Whatever you're. A position is head coach OC quarterbacks coach what you're still recruiting so he's still gonna have to deal with NIL so if the goal was to get rid of NIL you should have taken like a quarterbacks coach job in the NFL in the or something NFL. like that but I, maybe it's with UCLA I I guess I probably should have read more on this why didn't UCLA just fire him yeah like if, exactly. if, it, if it's all like ah, oh, he didn't want to be fired why right. well they, they weren't right. firing him no he was coming back so I'm a little confused there 
I wonder if he just saw, oh, UCLA's going to the Big Ten. I don't know if they can compete. Let me jump ship to a better Big Ten. Because I just also looked. They don't play each other next year. So, Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I guess uh, I always ask this question about people in sports when they make a decision. What's his goal? To win. As an OC? Like, if he just wants to win a national championship and doesn't care what position he's well, in. Well, then he went to the right Then school. that makes sense. Right. No doubt about it. But I doubt that's his goal. Like, I, I'd have to imagine he'd rather win as a head coach. Does, sure. Does this make him more likely to get a better head coaching job than UCLA than staying at UCLA? Like, is somebody going to hire I mean, him at a better job? UCLA's not an awful job if you do the job well. Right. There's like a that's lot the, of players in right. California. So that I'm confused about. My best guess, he wants to be back in the NFL, and he thinks this might be a better option to get an NFL OC, OC job, job next offseason or maybe two offseasons from now. Say, hey, I'll go to Ohio State where that program's really good. Even if I suck at my job, we could have a really good offense in one of these next yeah, two years. Yeah, all these players. And then some team will come and hire me to be the NFL yeah. offensive coordinator. That would be my guess. But, again, I don't know, and it's quite a weird situation because you don't often see – <laughs> a head coach at UCLA. They're going to be in the same conference, like right. a head coach taking an offensive coordinator job in the same league, right? And again, it, you're right. It's UCLA. He's not leaving. No, he's not leaving. He's not leaving State Southern Miss. No, uh, no offense. Yeah, App State can take offense. I guess so. that's fine. They, they can take offense. It's App State. <laughs> Who cares? My cousin went there. I'll tell her that uh, you offended. App really? State. Yeah. You knew someone that went to App State. Yeah, her parents live in one of the Carolinas. I don't know which <laughs> one. So she went to App State, and uh, she still lives in one of the Carolinas. I think she lives in South Carolina and drives into work in North Carolina. I might have that backwards, but that would make the most sense in my mind. This is a cousin. Yeah, it's a cousin. This is my cousin who's not going to my wedding because she got pregnant and the baby's going to be born like three days before like three days my wedding. Before so wedding. she's a bum. Uh, and I will let her know that you are offended. Yes. Or that you, excuse me, that I she should be offended. offended AP, yeah. Because App State, who cares about App State? All right, coming up next, the running Rebels. You're never going to believe this. They beat New Mexico. DJ dribbling out top. DJ comes down the left side. DJ under the basket. Fall away, one-footed oh, jumper. Boy. Over house is good. What a shot. And DJ said, I was taking this one the whole way. Now, back to the press box on ESPN Las Vegas. Ho, oh, oh. who's been telling you? Not by 10. Who's been telling Not you the whole out. year? That UNLV's going to sweep New Mexico. That was close. They're going to sweep them. What'd they do? They swept them. They've now won 10 of 11 against the Lobos. Six of those ten have been by double digits. They have won four times in the pit. I think it's the last five times they've been there. It's amazing. It's they can't given, lose to them. They can't lose to them. And they can't given lose. Given how some of the games New Mexico's played at home this year, well, they were eleven, nine and a half, or eleven point favorites. Ten and a half. Ten and a half is what I saw the final favorites. line was. Yeah. It was a great job by Kevin Kruger. And his they're team. they're going to beat New Mexico every time they play them. I and I think I could coach UNLV to a win over New Mexico. I don't know about that. I think I could. <laughs> I think if you just give me five guys in a UNLV jersey, we will beat New Mexico. I don't even need good players. I just think the UNLV jersey will beat New Mexico. I will coach five people the that Rebels work in this office. The Rebels are in the Lobos' heads. Yes, something There's about no it. Question that, about they can't, that. They can't lose to that team. Uh, they just are always going to win. Um, shout out to DJ Thomas because that was his most impressive game of the season. He's had quite a few good games. 
that was his most impressive game of the season. To me, because he did it by scoring. 25 points, career high. He was 8 of 12 from the field. Also, 8 of 10 on free throws. Yeah, and he's a 60%? We've talked about this. He's in, he was like 67 the before the game. He's mid-60s. Yeah, like, which is surprising that he's been that bad at free throws. Like, he, you'd think he'd be a lot better than 67%. But he has not been a good free throw shooter. Was 8 of 10 in this game. Uh, four assists, two turnovers. Uh, he was excellent. Uh, made a couple of big shots in the final six minutes or so to help UNLV out. Some uh, possessions where they didn't really get a great look, but he knocked down a tough shot anyways. DJ Thomas, best player on Terrific. the floor for UNLV to win that game. Also key in this one, UNLV dominated crunch time. Three minutes to go in this game. Game is tied. New Mexico's th- next three offensive possessions, they scored two points. They were 0 for 4 from the floor. They made two free throws. New Mexico missed three layups on one possession. I remember that, yeah. Like, yeah. they missed. They had three shots yeah. at the rim on one possession and missed all of them. And by the time they got their fourth possession in that final three minutes, they were already down four with a minute to go because in those final three minutes, UNLV had six possessions. Scored on five. Scored on five of them. Like, they, UNLV dominated in the end. Now, to be fair, the last two of those were intentional fouling to shoot free throws, but they got that because they had taken the lead. But UNLV offensively, very good, and New Mexico uh, offense couldn't, couldn't, they couldn't get a stop, and they couldn't actually score. They should have scored on that one possession where they missed three layups. I think but. especially early you saw that UNLV was in their heads because New Mexico started off Yeah, UNLV got to, to a great start. Bad. Yeah, they got to a great start. UNLV led by, uh, I think it was... 12 or 14 yeah. in the first half at one point. Uh, choked it away at the end of the first half. They could have gone in with a much bigger lead, but New Mexico played well to end the half. And they had they had a 10 point or a 8 or 10 point lead at one point in the second half too. Like UNLV pushed that thing out a couple of times and New Mexico would get back in it, but that was an incredible performance from DJ Thomas, a choke job in the end by New Mexico and credit to UNLV for kind of forcing that choke job. The other thing that I think UNLV should get credit for because they rank 224th in the country in free throw percentage. They're not a good free throw shooting team. DJ Thomas, Keelan Boone, and Caleb Boone uh, went 6 of 6 at the line in the final minute. Right. Uh, and here's the fun part. Caleb Boone actually tried to miss on purpose a free throw. Yeah, he and banked it in. And it still went in. So even when they were trying to miss a free throw last night, it still went in. Um, they're not a good free throw shooting team. And they very easily could have lost that game with missed free throws. Very easily, DJ Thomas made the first two, and then uh, and they, the Boone yeah, Twins made the last four. It would not have, like, wh- having watched this team and knowing their free throw percentage, it would not have been surprising if Thomas had gone one for two and uh, Keelan Boone had gone one for two and then New Mexico has the ball down one or down two or whatever with a chance to win the game. But they made all six of their free throws in the end and won the game. This is an absolutely crazy league. One or two games separate six teams. Um, I don't know. I, I think I've never looked forward to a conference tournament like I'm looking forward to this year's. Because who in the world knows who's going to win this? Thing? You usually have one or two teams like okay, that team. But are you telling me the Utah State team is going to win that league, and everyone's going to say Utah State's going to win the conference tournament with their lack of depth? Three in three days, maybe, maybe they will. I just don't see it. I think uh, watching Nevada beat San Diego State in overtime, um, you. Boise didn't look good against Utah State. Uh, Colorado State, UNLV now. UNLV can win that conference tournament. It's funny. You're going to have a team 
I mean, it could be San Diego State because they've got a tough road down the stretch. You could have a team. You'd have a team in sixth place that might be a couple te- couple games out of first yeah. place. I mean, there's a legitimate chance that UNLV could finish like third in the conference and there'd be three teams behind them that get into the NCAA tournament right, while exactly. UNLV's not in it. Um, right now, UNLV is tied for sixth with Nevada. So they're kind of in seventh place by default. They're a game and a half out of first place. Yeah, game and a half out of first. <laughs> they are one game back in the loss column. Right. Right. Like it's it's kind of insane that you have so many teams. Utah State's at eight and three, and then there's a glut at seven and four, right. and then UNLV and Nevada are both at six and four. And so you know what it means, Ed. We're getting some of the wildest tiebreakers we're gonna see. It's gonna be incredible. Cause it, Good thing Brent Brennan doesn't coach basketball. Oh, that idiot. <laughs> Get him out of here. Because and here's the thing, on their website right now, I looked for it a couple weeks ago. I can't find the tiebreaking procedures for basketball right now. Well, good luck. Um good I luck don't there I don't remember there ever being any computer rankings involved in there, but God I hope so. God, I hope we get well. If your net's so high, then uh, you get the tiebreaker in the Mountain West tournament seating. But we're, well, if you get down to too many tiebreakers, net could have something to do. Yeah, with. I mean, eventually you've got to do something. Got to get to net. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be phenomenal. I got to find this tweet from Jeff Grammer. He sent it out. the The Mountain West, the the champion of the Mountain West. It's like they never have like more than three or four losses. Oh yeah, like right. the champion of the Mountain West right. is rarely a team with three or four losses. And or more than three or four losses, and Utah State's leading the conference at eight and three. Right, the twelve and six might be the record of right. the Mountain West champ or Mountain West regular season champ, and it might be four teams that are twelve. That's what I, I think. That's what I'm cheering for, is that we get some four way tie for first place in the Mountain West, and they have to go to all these tiebreakers. Yeah, and that it's just like okay, so who's in first, and right. the top four are all the same team. That'll be fun, uh, and UNLV's. In the mix. I mean, they're absolutely. I, I don't they are. think they're going to win the conference, but they're not far behind. No. And if they can, and they have a favorable schedule down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, they still have to play Nevada twice. They have to play San Diego State at Wyoming. It's easier now than it was. I think at Fresno uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. I think okay. it's Wednesday night. And then don't they come home for Reno? Uh, yeah, it's Fresno, Nevada, and then at Air Force. Uh. <laughs> Ouch. They're going to beat Air Force. Yes. I got confidence in that. They're going to beat Air Force. Um, one other thing I wanted to say after New Mexico came, he's not the best player in the conference. That's not what I'm saying. But Jalen House is the most entertaining player in the Mountain West. He is, he, First off, he's good on both ends, right? He's like the league leader in steals. Hell, he, I think he has the most steals among active players in college basketball or something, some fun stat like that. He is good on offense. He makes a lot of good plays or fun plays and transitions where he makes a good pass or he just takes it himself. He also takes some like ill-advised shots that I always enjoy when a guy just pulls up from three in transition when he's like 10 feet behind the line. He also complains all the time. This guy never stops complaining. (laughs) I love this guy. I want to watch him play all the time. Most entertaining player in the conference. Not necessarily the best, but he's the one. If I'm picking one to watch, I'm picking him because he's fun. And by the way, he scored 20. Yeah. He's he's actually been their leading scorer in both games against UNLV. They've lost both of them, but he's been the leading scorer. He's, I think, my favorite player to watch in the conference. Right now you have to choose DJ Thomas or Toppin as the freshman of the year. It's a tough one. I would need – It's a tough one. I'll be honest. I would need to look at their actual numbers. Right. Because they both had really good games against each other. Right. Toppin blocked two shots on one possession. (laughs) 
He Toppin's the only guy I've seen block a Rob Whaley shot. Right. Rob Whaley scores every time he gets inside. He dunks the, every time he yeah. every time he's Toppin blocked him. I was like, oh Jesus, I didn't know you could do that. That's uh, a tough one. That it is because DJ Thomas had a hell of a game. I'd yeah. have to look at their numbers to be completely honest with you and see what they actually are. Toppin's on a better team, but he also he has better teammates. DJ Thomas right. is. Uh, I mean, is Thomas the best player on this team? Prob- probably. 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 But it's not like. He's not like so much better than the rest of the guys on right. the team, but he's probably slightly ahead of him. So, uh, yeah, it's we, there's two legitimately like really good freshmen. freshmen in this conference. All right, coming up next, Jamie Hurst joins the show. You can see her on NHL Network and MLB Network. Joining us now is Jamie Hirsch. Good morning, Jamie. Hey, Jamie. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Sure. All right, we gotta we gotta start with uh, the Super Bowl because I saw that you tweeted you had to buy Paramount Plus to watch the Super Bowl <laughs> and that it froze on you. Did you actually get to watch the Super Bowl uninterrupted? So I watched until literally like the final couple plays, and then yeah, it froze. So oh man! And maybe you guys can help me with this because people were giving me crap about well, it's only CBS free, and I'm like, yeah, but it's not if you don't have even just like basic cable, which I know a lot of people out there don't have anymore, right? You know, we've all kind of gone cord cutting, um, even for someone like me who works in cable television. I know that is ironic. I get it. <laughs> um, but so I, I have, um, I've had different services in the past, YouTube TV, I've had Fubo, uh, and right now we have Sling, which does get NHL Network, so I can still support my station, <laughs> but it doesn't have CBS, and so there's not a streaming option, and there's not a way to watch CBS unless you have, you know, like basic cable or Paramount Plus app. So that's what I understand. Is that correct? So, okay, first off, in saying that Sling doesn't have... CBS, uh, that's a crazy thing. Um, you are correct, yes, that if you were going to watch it, you would need Paramount+. Plus. There is one other thing you could do, and it would be to have bought a, a digital antenna, which screws oh, okay. into the back of your TV and then just picks up the signals of CBS, Fox, ABC, and all that, and a bunch of other channels. But here's the problem, Jamie, because we have I have DirecTV here in Vegas, and there is mm-hmm. a channel that um, a lot of the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA comes on that DirecTV yeah. does not carry. But you can oh. get it with one of these antennas. So I have one, and occasionally I use it. The problem is is that I have to like set it in a very weird spot of my room. Sometimes I have to like try to put it on the <laughs> ceiling of my room to get it to actually oh pick gosh. up that channel. So it's not necessarily the greatest option. Yeah, again, which is, like, ridiculous to me in 2024 that we're sitting here, like, with rabbit ears trying to figure out, like, where to get the antenna signal the best. That, so, to me, and also, like, full disclosure, I have two little kids. I did not even think to look into this before yesterday at about 4 p.m. Eastern, so, like, two hours before the game. So, then I'm all of a sudden in a panic because I go to, like, set the DVR on it to make sure that I can watch it after I put the kids down, and all of a sudden... It's not available. And they panic. And I'm like, wait, we have to watch the Super Bowl. So anyway, long story short, that's what happened yesterday. I get Paramount Plus. I download the app for free trial, whatever. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, overtime Super Bowl, only the second time that's ever happened. And now I can't even watch it because it froze and it wouldn't restart. And I, we missed the final couple plays. Oh. It was uh, a bit of a bummer, to say the least. <laughs> you missed Mahomes' pass to win it. I will say, so again, thanks to technology, um, 
my husband's like, I'm just going to go on TikTok. So he went on TikTok. We were able to find, you know, you can like see people <laughs> streaming it live on TikTok. So I should have closed the loop with that story by, by telling people like we are innovative. We are trying to be with it. <laughs> and we were able to find somehow, some way, uh, the final play, even though it was on TikTok on our phone. <laughs> okay. Uh, not necessarily seeing the end of the game on your actual TV, but uh, what do you think of the <laughs> halftime show? You know, I uh, I grew up or was you know in high school. I guess when high when uh, Usher was super popular with his older stuff, and so that was a highlight for sure. I know a lot of people weren't overly impressed, but I I loved it. And to see Lil Jon come out and Luda, I mean that made us lose our minds. So I personally liked it, but that's because I'm in my mid thirties, and and Usher was. It just involves a lot of great high school memories for me. <laughs> so that's one of the things we talked about is that I think this is when I realize I'm getting older is when the Super Bowl halftime show is like, yep, I, that's a song I listened to in middle school or high school. This is great. I know. Yeah, it is. And But I think nostalgia is a big thing right now, right? And like we see a whole bunch of teenagers today now trying to like – you know, dress like how you know I may have dressed in high school, or like listen to music that we listened to in high school. Um, and you're right; that means we're getting old, so we have to come to terms with that. But um, but it's also cool and like kind of a tribute that you know our music is still kind of cool and relevant today. JB Hirsch with us. All right, uh, you have a take that uh, make you a little little popular around these parts in Vegas. You don't believe yeah. in the Edmonton Oilers. Why is that? I've been on this all year, and I, they might prove me wrong, right? Like, I looked really stupid for a month and a half when they went on a 16-game win streak. But I just was like, this is not a team that's drastically different than anything we've seen in the past. Like, we still had, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and if they didn't score, then they were screwed. And that, that has changed a bit because they have been a lot better defensively, and their goalie has suddenly played very well. Um, but... I still don't think that we're ready to hand them the Stanley Cup. Like, that's ridiculous. And especially, you know, when we're talking about Vegas, like, in the same breath, they're nowhere near as deep still as Vegas is. And that's despite, I think the Golden Knights have six guys out right now with injury, including two of their best players, Shea Theodore, Jack Eichel. Like, those guys are hopefully going to be healthy in time for playoffs. They have the experience. Um, And I am also a big uh, proponent of the belief that, like, until the champs are defeated – they should still be the favorite or one of the favorites to win the cup. And so the fact that we showed the current odds and the Golden Knights were, I think, plus 1,400 to win the cup and the Maple Leafs were plus 1,400 to win the cup, like, we all just lost our minds. And, like, that is the silliest thing I've ever heard. Toronto's nowhere near ready to win the cup, and Vegas certainly could go back to back. So I, I still stand by that um, belief that Vegas is one of the favorites to win the cup, and – the Oilers, I still have questions. So, you know, we'll see. And, and hopefully we'll see that series again, right? Oilers, Golden Knights. I mean, it's it's always been so yes. fun to watch yeah. those two go at it. Um, and they might prove me wrong, right? Edmonton might prove me wrong. But uh, until they do, I'm going to stick with it, that the Golden Knights are still the better team. Speaking of Toronto, what did you think of the Morgan Riley hit and how long should he be suspended? Oh, my gosh. <sighs> you know... I actually, I don't think he should be suspended, and I think it's just because it's part of, it's the entertainment that we crave, I guess, in this league. Like, sometimes we don't see guys have personalities, and then we complain about it. In this case, 
So I don't think I don't think he should have done it. Let's be clear about that. I think Ridley Gregg was totally within his right to do what he did. Like, is it disrespectful, quote unquote, unwritten rules of the game? Sure, but I don't abide by that. There is there's nothing that says you can't hammer home a slap shot into an empty net. I thought it was hilarious. And it's a rivalry game, whatever. Um, but then, you know, Morgan Riley, I think, is also within his right to kind of just respond. And, and, yeah, it was a sucker punch and, like, probably inappropriate at that time. But I, I, I don't know. I guess I would be a little surprised if he got suspended. If he does, maybe one game at the top. I'm That's sus- what I think. I'm suspending him for the rest of the season. Oh, really? <laughs> Get him out of here. I so this is the one this is probably the one thing about hockey that probably annoys me more than anything is the whole idea of policing unwritten rules and it's one thing if you're going to like drop the gloves and fight with somebody. I I hate the headshots, especially something that's at, that's not part of a play. Like if you hit a guy when you're trying to line up a check or whatever and you misjudge it, okay, that's one thing. I I hate the let's police unwritten rules and you're going to get a cheap shot in the head because of it. I Yeah, I hear you on that. I guess my only rebuttal would be like, if he does that, then like, then somebody else from the senator should have come over and just fought him right then and there. And then, you know, that can kind of be the end of it. So I, I'm pretty confident they're not going to suspend <laughs> I am too. The season, <laughs> yeah. But I totally hear where you're coming from. And, and you know, if nothing else, it's getting conversation started, which is again, like, in a world in which kind of football dominates as it does, it's great from our perspective in the hockey world to just see people talking about anything. Like, obviously, you don't want ugly hits, you don't want injuries, um, but it was a pretty hilarious and very talked about moment in the game. And so um, I, I think it's just anything like that that can get people talking is ultimately good. You know, the whole thing is there's no publicity or no such thing as bad publicity. I kind of subscribe to that belief a little bit as well. So I love seeing so many people talking about that because um, it's good. And it it also makes the rivalry really spicy. Like the Senators have not been good for a very, very, very long time. And so for them to kind of have a little bit um, of a chip on their shoulder with the Toronto Maple Leafs and and be able to take it to them in that game, I think was really entertaining. All right, before we let you go, Jamie, this is not your fault. Actually, this might be Danny's fault. We, for some reason, have an unusual amount of Minnesotans that come on this show on either a regular <laughs> basis or once at a time. I don't get it. You're a it hockey town now. It's we have them on to talk about like football. It's not even always hockey. Awesome. I, I don't know what's happening. Like Minnesotans take over the show, but it does allow me to ask this question to maybe uh, twist the knife a little bit in the heart of Minnesotans. Uh, which Minnesota sports team is going to win a championship in the near future? Oh my gosh, I hate this question because it's never going to happen. I'm your typical like jaded Minnesota sports fan. Like, I'm just ready to jump on any other team's bandwagon because mine are hopeless. Um, and I say that knowing that the Minnesota Wild are in town tonight <laughs> to take on the Vegas Golden Days. Um, gosh, it's a great question, and I think I think I'd have to go with the Twins. Um, the Wild, I just, you know, they, they just can't do much because of the salary cap hell that they're in for the next couple of years. Um, and even after that, you know, I don't, I'm not sure Kaprizov's going to sign there long term. Like, there are a lot of questions still for the Minnesota Wild. The Vikings are, they're the team that got me into sports. I, you know, lived and died by the success of that team when I was growing up as a little girl. And that's why I work in sports today is because I just was obsessed with football and, and the Vikings specifically. Um, Gary Anderson, wide left terrible missed field goal back in that game that 
that really changed my sports fandom forever and made me the jaded Minnesota sports fan I am. So I don't ever pin my hopes on the Vikings. As much as I love them, I, I can't. It's, it's too fresh. There's too much pain. I can't forget what they've put me through. So I'll go with the Twins. All right. Uh, the Minnesota Twins winning the World Series 100 years from now when all current Minnesotans Aww. can't enjoy it anymore. She is Jamie Hirsch from MLB and NHL Network. Jamie, thank you so much for thank joining you, Jamie. us. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you soon. So there is Jamie Hirsch um, from Minnesota. I don't know why that keeps happening, but we have had a lot of Minnesotans on this show over the last couple of years. Somehow it's Danny's fault. Have we had that many? I just know of Ben, Lindsay, and now Jamie. Sam Gordon. Both Bens. Ben 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 Brown, Ben Goats, Sam Gordon, Lindsay Brown, Jamie Hirsch. And we've had at least one more that was just a one-time guest. A lot of Minnesotans have been on this show. Danny, you got any ties there? No. It's not on purpose. He I've never even saying, been there. I don't even think, I doubt he even knew really? Danny was from Minnesota. Good town. No, I think it says yeah, Minnesota it in it her bio. Yeah, that's the only reason I know. Yeah. It's because yeah. it says it in her Twitter bio. All right, well. Wait, Minneapolis is a good town? It's a great town. U.S. They, Bank, St- US Bank Stadium. Is it a good town or you just like the stadium? I like the town. I like the town. Okay. But, All right. Uh, I just know you've, you've told us stadium. before you think the stadium is the best stadium. I think the stadium is the best stadium. Oh, don't don't start texting about Allegiant. That's get fine. Your, get Allegiant's your, not that great. Get your acoustics fixed. Yeah, <laughs> Allegiant's not that great. It's and just the new. leaky the leaky ceiling. Hey, it didn't leak during the Super Bowl. Nope, because it doesn't rain. Well, it was raining all week before. Who knows? Could have been. Could have. Could have been stuck on the roof. Fell through during the game. That kind of would have been funny. All right, coming up next, we're getting back into the Super Bowl. You're listening to the Press Box on 100.9 FM and 1100 AM. Couple of text read from our text line, 702-364-1100, if you want to text us. Um, Joe sent in a picture of a t-shirt that I think he's wearing. Uh, he has the t-shirt that says, Go Taylor's Boyfriend. So, your favorite t-shirt, Ed. You got to get one of those. <laughs> I need one of those. Amazon, maybe? Yeah. I click a lot. Your daughter wants one, right? Oh, she was... She yeah. asked well, you about Travis Kelsey for the first time. She asked me about Travis Kelsey. Can I get a picture of him? <laughs> uh, I get a picture of Travis Kelsey, and then uh, she watched. I said, Are "You watching the the uh, Super Bowl?" And she said, "I'm watching the halftime show." Which she she didn't watch the actual game itself. I don't know. I okay, mean, she's in California. I said, "Are you watching Super Bowl?" All I got back was, "I'm watching the halftime show." Uh, okay, you kind of got to watch it to know when it's coming up. It's you got to have it yeah, on. You got to have it on. You got to have the game on. You're like, why are these? What are they kicking field goals for? What's yeah. taking so long? Why are they calling screaming timeouts? at Shanahan on the on the TV? Yeah, get Usher out here. By the way, it took him a long time to get that stage set up. Oh man, I was like, are they gonna have to cancel this? Yeah. This thing is taking yeah. forever. There are guys with flashlights out there. I'm like, exactly. What's broken? This halftime show is not even gonna happen there. Uh, so we got that. Also, uh, Trey on the text line. Speaking of the. Overtime decisions, uh, if you win the coin toss. Trey said you got to kick first. Every series with the second possession is four downs. All right, that's true. I mean, yeah, I, because you, obviously you're going for it. Right. Down. If the, that's if the other team scores. If the right. 49ers punt, then, then you no. ju- you'll punt too. But I've heard that a couple of times. Um, Mike Florio was making that argument on Twitter yesterday that if you have the ball first, you're a three-down drive. If you have the ball second, you're, you're a fourth-down drive. drive. Just go for it on fourth down if you have the ball first. Well, doesn't depend on where you're at and what the down and distance is. Nobody's making you punt. They're not making you punt, but... Yeah. Like, the idea that... The, to me, the idea that if you have the ball second and you're now going to have to go for it on fourth downs is an advantage. 
No, it's not. But going for it on fourth downs is never like that's never a good thing. Six from your own thirty. Right, but I'm saying like that's never a good thing to have to go for it on fourth down. Like that means you failed on your previous three plays one way or another. So like the idea is Scantling running backwards for about ten yards. That happens too. But like it just if if it's such a big advantage to be able to go for it on fourth down, then just go for it on fourth down. Like nothing's making nothing made Kyle Shanahan kick that field goal. No, there was no like overtime rule that forced Shanahan to kick that field goal right. on fourth and four. He could have gone for it. If that's this massive advantage, then just go for it. And you're right. If it's fourth and 16 on your own 30, yes, you're going to punt the ball away. But if it's fourth, but if, if I have the ball second and it's fourth and 16 on my own 30 after you scored, I'm probably losing the game because you don't convert fourth and 16s. Right. That's not an advantage. That's a bad thing if I'm in fourth and 16 after you just scored a field goal or a touchdown. So I I understand why people say it, but if it's this massive advantage, then just go for it on fourth down if you take the ball first. Like that's You can do that. Nobody's stopping you from doing that if it's this massive advantage, which, by the way, Kyle Shannon should have gone for it on fourth down. I would have gone for it. I would not have kicked that field goal. So use your fourth downs if you have. Agree to disagree. Yeah. I know. And here's the thing. Seth Walder just tweeted this out, which is probably the best take on this, largely because we don't have enough data on this. But Seth Walder tweeted out, from an NFL analytics staffer uh, staffer this morning on the first versus second possession in playoff overtime, quote, anyone that is very confident there is a clear option is probably wrong. <laughs> and I and I think that's 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 I'm I'm guessing that's the right way to look at right. this right now. We have Well, there's no evidence. We have one game yeah. of data right. on this. And to me, the arguments on both sides, neither one is like overwhelmingly convincing. Right. I would take the ball first, but I don't think you're insane if you kick off. I don't think you're insane if you defer. There are obvious advantages to both sides right. of it. I just think I would take it because I think those advantages are are more. And the other thing that's uh, important here that I saw people bring up on Twitter San Francisco's defense had just played the entire drive to end regulation. The idea that their defense was tired, I think, is a legitimate in-game, okay, my defense just had to defend for a 12-play right. drive. Let's give them a break and put our offense on the field. And by, and if the Chiefs had won it, I know they said they would have kicked, but they could have said, oh, their defense was just on the field for a 12-play drive. Let's get them right, right back out there and let's try to go score because it should be easier. So... It's a fun decision. I don't think there's an exact right or wrong answer, though.